It's Ray Romano. There's Dan Grove. And Fletcher Smith. And it's Dan Aaron Wagarama. Music. All right. Hey. Hi, everybody. Hi. It's Dan and Aaron. It's the Dan and Aaron like Obama. We really like a thing and we talk about it. That's the show. Uh, that's that's uh did you like the only impression i can do <laughs> what's the impression of ray romano ray romano <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was an uncanny impression i Pretty i good. was taken away yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, very definitely you know, for a moment there, I thought I was talking with uh, Ray Romano himself. So yeah, Sir uh, Ray. yeah, I, I would say you, you should um, you should get into uh, doing impressions and, and voice acting, and uh, you're there. I mean, I, I have no further lessons to give you. Yeah, it's yeah. the uh, budget Ray Romano, Ice Age Seven. <laughs> um, hire me. <laughs> oh, did I? It's it, you know what it is. The key to it is attempting to swallow your tongue. As yeah. long as it, it's it's like how how far back can I get my tongue before it actually falls down my throat? <laughs> That's the sound yeah. a Wookiee makes when it dies. Yeah, it's it can the no sound longer that, gargle. It it's just, the sound oh, that oh, oh, oh. a defective Wookiee. It's gargler uh, yeah. mechanism oh, oh. breaks. It's the sound that um, that the, the dude stuck with the neutral. peanut butter, the, the, the yeah. dude with the peanut butter in his mouth makes in the commercial. Yeah. 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 And that that kid grew up to be Ray Romano. Exactly, fame and fortune, man. I I have children. Oh God, we could do this all night. <laughs> I have this. That's why I'm in my sixth <laughs> divorce. Let me tell you about my 18-hour Ray Romano comedy set. <laughs> <laughs> it starts now. <laughs> we've we've disabled the stop feature on your i on your uh, right. podcast player. Right. Well, we're into um, uh, hour point five here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of. Uh, figures known for their innovative rap. Uh, this week, we're talking about De La Soul. <laughs> that was an amazing transition. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's uh, De La Soul, specifically their second album, uh, and one of one of my absolute favorite favorite records it's one of the best records uh de la soul is dead i love this record mm -hmm. so much mm -hmm. um and uh god it's i know it's extremely quotable because me 
my brother, you, and our friends, <laughs> uh, Chris, Mike, and and Jason, and and all them. Yeah. After you listen to it, you cannot help years. but start to repeat quoting it. Yep. Yeah, and you start you start calling each other hamster penis and mm-hmm. anal wart, and like yep. uh, like the bullies call each other. Yeah. Uh, and ah, oh, it's just so good. They, they Soul, I think. I guess uh, me myself and I was probably their biggest hit, right? Off I of guess, Three Feet yeah. High and Rising. Right. And I mean, total classic rap song. Mm-hmm. Just me, myself, and I. Like, total classic 1989 rap. Awesome. Right. And that whole first album is super cool. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really like the record. It's a lot of fun. I love, and it, 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 it has a lot of the same characteristics that De La Soul is Dead has. It has uh, a frame story uh, where it's a game show, and then right. every few tracks, contestant number two, do you know the answer? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and it has the goofy tracks like... Uh, I love uh, Do As De La Does is a hilarious, like, minute-long thing where they're, you know, they're imitating, you know, the call-and-response stuff. And right. whatever I do, everyone has to yell and shout, and everyone just, like, goes over the top. And uh, yeah. the other really funny one is the Can You Keep a Secret, where it's, like, uh, on over the beat, they're going, Prince Paul needs a Ludens. You know, just stupid <laughs> stuff like that. Right. Everybody in the world has got Dan Druff. <laughs> it's like stupid stuff. I can't be your lover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's sort of like the running theme on De La Soul is Dead. And, yeah. I mean, it shows this, okay. I am not like some rap expert. I know no. the rap that everybody knows. And, you know, the, the, my, my bona fides go as far as like, uh, I would say most deaf black star and like, like Jurassic five is about as like deep underground rap as I get, like not very, I'm in the very surface level, but even so it was only a few years ago that I found out that that's from Lottie Dottie by Slick Rick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the most famous everybody knows it from the 80s right and i was like oh because he says and with your ankle pussy i can't be a lover <laughs> I was like oh because yeah. i only knew it from from this album and they don't say the line they go <laughs> right which is goofy they're making fun of it yeah yeah it's a very goofy goofy album it's great in mm-hmm. the best way right so all right, so De La Soul. It's three dudes. It's uh, Pasta Noose, a.k.a. Plug One, a.k.a. Pas, who's uh, Kelvin Mercer. All right. And uh, Pasta Noose is Sound Sop backwards. There you go. There's True Goy, a.k.a. True Goy the Dove, a.k.a. Dove, a.k.a. Dave, a.k.a. Plug Two. That's David Jude... Jolacor. It's been, uh, I, I had to put myself back in the headspace of 90s era rap. And I remember that this was a thing was that yeah. everybody had 30 nicknames. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. 
it wasn't it's like when you see them in like the liner notes for albums you like you giggle and you're like oh that's silly but then you realize this is they called themselves all versions of this when they were on tour that's yeah. part of why this is on in here you know? within the same song yeah yeah exactly and i love true goy uh it's yogurt backwards because he likes yogurt <laughs> like that's that's great yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, is that your reason? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. They're the they're the the main MCs, and then mostly the DJ, but he also gets on the mic sometimes. Is Maceo, aka PA Pacemaster Mace, aka PA, aka Plug Three, aka Mace, who's Vincent Lamont Mason Jr. Vincent. So those Lamont. are the three dudes. Uh, okay. Pasta News, True Goy, and Maceo, and uh, Prince Paul. Yeah shows up on several tracks and he uh produced the album and he uh kind of uh, uh brought them to the to the spotlight right and they were all part of a, a larger group the native tongues which was de la soul jungle brothers tribe called quest queen latifah beat nuts brand nubians yeah um, and later on, like most deaf and and common, were part of the like extended things. And like a Q-tip from Tribe Called Quest is on yeah. a few of the songs, including uh, the 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 first single off the album was a roller skating jam, a roller skating jam named Saturdays, and he does he's sort of like the main verse rapper. Right. Um, God, I had forgotten. Yeah, I that era. Of all of the the artists that you just mentioned, um, the the music and the content that came out of that era, the the stuff that they did, man, God, that, that that's such a awesome little pocket world. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it was, and it's so like there's definitely '80s rap, mm-hmm. and then there's you're definitely '90s, you know, where it's like. Mm-hmm. You get your Snoop Dogg and your Tupac and, right. you know, there. but then there's that little in-between part where uh, the the couple, the biggest of Public Enemies records and yeah. the biggest of De La Soul records and uh, NWA comes up and like that little circa 1990 pivot yeah. Yeah. where it pivots from the old school to the mostly gangsta. Right, and, right. And but also that like the the sort of apo- I don't want to say apologist, but people who would like poo poo the harder stuff would say, Oh well this is more thoughtful. You know, that kind of Yeah. But yeah, but yeah the it, more like the more like college radio rap. Yeah. Right. Where you would call um, it hip hop and not rap. Right. There was also, uh, during that period of time, you also had, that was the point where, uh, and, and, and I totally welcome correction here, but the process of like heavily, heavily trashing each other in, um, yeah. in rap was not a thing that had developed at that point. You know, it was, it was like, it was more about, um, yeah, the, the diss tracks the and the recorded. jealousy. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. more. Like, it was I'm look so at me. Rich, you're not, in, yeah, not you that, suck. 
Yeah, that was uh, like 93, 94, 95 onwards. Uh, but that, yeah. that very early period of time, you know, 90, 91, it was, it was uh, how fast can you um, rhyme and how many rhymes can you get down uh, on, the, uh, on the track? Yeah. I love that. I love oh, that. Oh, yeah, track. yeah. It's super great. And I'll tell you something, uh, talking about how fast you rhyme, something that one of the reasons I love, I mean, like, I like Three Feet High and Rising, their first record. I like it. It's a good record. And I like their later ones, too. But the, the thing that I love, one of the many things that I love with De La Soul is Dead over Three Feet High and Rising, Three Feet High and Rising, the, the, the focus is, is on the lyrics and the samples, which are phenomenal, because um, a lot of the rhythms of the raps are just da 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 where you're like, all right, I mean, that's cool, but because the words are great, thank you for these cool words. Mm-hmm. But on De La Soul is Dead, you get more like, uh, you get more rhythms. The rhythms get more yeah. interesting and they speed up and slow down and, mm-hmm. and go off the main beat and do all this. And they, yeah, they, right. they get more like showy, which is mm-hmm. fun. Actually, yeah, I yeah. Um, before we go too further, because we're on this bit, um, yeah, I will say this real quick, which I, I, I if at some point, um, uh, when, at some point later when we do a mashups episode, um, we got to talk about the Kleptones um, because they did this mashup um, album, this whole mashup album end to end, where they took um, Queen's greatest hits and they overlaid it with this era of rap, where it was all, oh, no way. Um, yeah. It was all 90s era rap. And the thing is, the, the BPM for some of Queen's best songs, that between 88 to 93 BPM lines yeah, up perfectly yeah. with that 90s era rap where it's like very early Method Man, Red Man, don't push me because I'm close to the edge, um, point four, point four, point four, point four. You know, um, it's... Uh, who else is yeah. in there? Um, uh, they drop... And then they immediately uh, fade away from Vanilla Ice. It's it's such oh. a funny like <laughs> he's like all right stop collaborate and listen and then you hear somebody go yo 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 excuse me and they pan <laughs> right away from him. Yeah, but yeah, no. I'll, I'll have to send you that album um, or, or link you that MP3 at some point. Um, yeah, on I'll, the I'll look it site up where on they YouTube. hosted it. Yeah, because yeah. Please That's where all that. the music is. It's just on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know that they're on SoundCloud, and uh, they, the Kleptones, may have that album up on SoundCloud. Oh, okay. Uh, it's either there or YouTube. Uh, but cool. yeah, you, it's amazing. A Night at the Hip Hopera by the Kleptones. Oh, good title. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Anyway, so. Oh, man. Go on. I apologize. Didn't mean to interrupt No, the, man. The, no, I'm. The, the flow. No, I, I, I enjoy it. Um, but so, so yeah, they, uh, it's three dudes from Long Island. They met in high school. Prince Paul picked him up and put him on Tommy Boy. Um, right. They, speaking of Prince Paul, who a few years later with uh, Dan the Automator did Handsome Boy Modeling School, mm-hmm. which got its name from the Chris Elliott Show, which is fun. 
Um, oh, I had forgotten that the Chris Elliott show was even a thing. Yeah. Oh, that was that's, like a handful a, of episodes, right? Yeah, it was two seasons, I think. It's And they're yeah. all on YouTube. Uh, okay. Uh, legally. Um, but one of the best songs on that record, maybe the best song on the record, uh, The Projects, uh, is True Goy rapping on it. So that's a cool mm. little, like, he came back and... Because, like, they all kept working with each other. They kept popping right. up on each other's records and producing each other and stuff. And just, right. oh, I love that song so much. Um, uh, so, yeah, so, and it's funny that you mention Vanilla Ice because the first thing on the record, and the, this record is so cool. Um... <laughs> There are not one, two frame stories. So, oh yeah, okay. I so, remember you explaining this to me years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, basically, there's the new De La Soul tape, and on the right. De La Soul tape, you've got the uh, WRMS and people calling in to the radio station between songs and there's like three different shows and WRMS all they play is De La Soul and and right. there's three tracks where whoever the DJ is people are talking with the DJ and then they go mm -hmm. play another De La Soul song right that's one frame story the larger frame story <laughs> is <laughs> it 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 starts with uh some kids saying Oh, and Vanilla Ice. Oh, yeah. Oh, and his dances. Oh, yeah. oh he's so <laughs> slamming. Yeah, and his dances. Oh, but what yep. about his dances? Well, and his dances? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and, and it goes... Dong. Oh, and it starts off... It's like, hello, boys and girls. Welcome <laughs> to your De La Soul storybook. Read along storybook. you hear the sound... Yep. Ding. <laughs> Turn the page, and the album yeah. comes with a little comic strip yeah. in the liner notes, you, and it has little panels showing the kids finding the tape and stuff. Right. And uh, and so the uh, one of the kids, Jeff, he's like, "Hey, hey, look what I found in the garbage! Look what I found in the garbage! <laughs> this new De La Soul tape." <laughs> it's just it's rules. Like, Wait, why is this in the garbage? Yeah, yeah. It's like. It's like the total opposite of the like, you know, the 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 macho look at me. I'm so cool. Rap is like, yeah, this kid found our tape in the garbage and he's showing it to his friends. Yeah, right. And they're like, oh, cool, cool. And so they put it on. And then uh, the bully kid, the bully shows up and takes the takes the tape from him. And it's the dude from, um, you know, you can give her this or you can give her that. Or you right. can give her yeah, this yeah, black yeah, sheep. Yeah. It's yeah. not the it's not the main dude. It's the the other dude. Um, okay. Uh, John Long, I think is his name. Johnny Long, something like that. I'm gonna anyway, go with that. I can't remember. But it's the name. it's the DJ. Yeah. From from Black Sheep, and he's like, and he's and he's like, 
and he talks like this, and he comes in, takes the tape, and he like he you know beats up Jeff and takes the tape, and so him and his little stooge friends are listening. He's like, "Now I have the De La Soul tape," <laughs> and so they put it in the stereo, and every few tracks they chime in, and he's like, "Ah, oh, this sucks. This <laughs> like where are the guns? Where is right. the crack? What are they saying?" <laughs> I don't know, man. I kind of like it. Oh, why you keep hitting me, man? Why you keep hitting me, man? And that, yeah, and that's Maceo that he keeps hitting. He's like, oh, why you keep hitting me? Dre and Dre and Mr. Lounge is Black Sheep. Yeah, 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 Mr. Lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) and so yeah, so he's the bully, and uh, Mm -hmm. and and he's beating up on Maceo. Uh, and he's like, hey, I don't know. Biddy's was kind of slamming. He's like, yeah, yeah. If you put it on 45 so I can dance to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. It's just sitting there insulting the record that you're listening to. It's so much fun. And yeah. it just, it, it shows exactly like, it, like it's so clever and it's so funny. And it also like, puts talking trash on its head because they're doing it about themselves and like right yeah they turn the it like, around on themselves yeah and and the like the puffing your chest out you know cock of the walk cock of the block you know attitude that that right. that rap has and they're like no we suck and everyone yeah. hates us oh i love it quite the opposite <laughs> yeah they're always that's uh, it, it, like i remember listening to that and after years of like, God, you introduced me to this album. And admittedly, I had come from a, a bad place when it came to rap music, which was uh, the bad place of blindly accepting anything that Top 40 handed me. Um, oh, and sure. um, I'll start there. Yeah. And, and I remember listening through this entire album and I just I absolutely loved how a how humble B, how funny, uh, but C, most importantly, um, how down to earth these guys were. Um, and yeah. that the areas, the areas and the, the, the places and, and the worlds that they were creating, because that was the other thing is that they're doing something that you and I have talked a lot about. They, they were creating these little tiny audio soundscapes, um, uh, these little theater stories uh, yeah. in each cut in between the songs. And they're perfect they're so well done you know i don't know who the producer was or, or if they had you know an an audio artist is prince you paul know, they, is prince paul well prince paul man holy shit dude there you go <laughs> yeah yeah the the work he did in creating these little vignettes is just like it it does more than tie the album together it makes the album uh irreverent because you can't you may forget some of the songs. Hello, that's me. I forgot some of the songs. <laughs> but you'll never forget the gags in between to humble the band itself. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although my personal favorite is Biddy's in the BK Lounge. Oh my God, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's three songs in one. All they do is they beg and they scrounge. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, uh, so like the um the sort of 
title and theme was like a reaction to their sort of image as hippies, you know, with the first record, they got this, you know, talking about the Daisy age and stuff. And like, right. even on their song, they're like, yo, we're not hippies. Um, but because they're singing about daisies and, you know, like, yeah, I guess I like peace. Sure. Why not? Um, mm-hmm. they're, they kind of got labeled this way. And so, like the cover art is a, a a smash flower pot with a daisy in it, so it's like, nope, <laughs> we're not that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and you know they talk about how uh, one of the songs they talk about how they were on Arsenio, but he dissed us because uh, they they uh, uh, faded out to the credits like halfway through the song. Um, but at the same time, uh, so like they're pushing away from the hippie stuff, but they're also pushing away from the macho and the gangster stuff that's coming up. Uh, and one of the songs, um, uh, Afro Connections at a high five in the eyes of the hoodlum is them like pretending to be that. And, you know, the whole song is them talking about guns and drugs and beating people up and being tough and all this stuff. And it's a great jam. It has like a great beat. And it's one of the one of the like top half songs on the record. Like, it's really good. Right. But it's it's a bad song. I love it. I'm not this. And you guys sound stupid. Why are you doing this? (laughs) it's like you're saying the the building the world and and one of the things that we that we always come back to when we're talking about stuff we love is when you're sitting there and going you know like if you can make if you can make you know uh entertaining rhymes over a cool sample great mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 i love it i'm here yeah i'm i'm ready to listen let's let's freaking do it yeah but then you also have a whole theme that is reacting to the real life thing that's going on as well as the internal stuff happening yeah on the album wow cool bonus and then right. you also <laughs> <laughs> have not one, but two yeah. frame stories inside your record. Right. It's like, who are you? <laughs> what planet are you from? Yeah. This is, yeah. it's, it's really something. It's, it's, you know, it's like, uh, it's some like, uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of uh, Jonathan Swift's A Tale of the Tub. And it's that level of like a satire within a satire, uh, a story mm-hmm. within a story within a story. And, right. you know, uh, a tale on the tub, it's this, you know, 400, 350 year old thing. And scholars disagree on where exactly one story ends and the next begins with well, the, the levels boundary and lines the, of the frame. Yeah. 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 When does this narrator become this other narrator? You know, and it's that level of, of, you know, I mean, De La Soul is up there with Jonathan Swift, one of the English language's greatest setters. Like, right, from, it's, from it's the such presentation a cool structure. of the frame. Yeah, yeah, uh, yep, it's agreed. Just, and it's fun and goofy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they say some serious stuff, but it's generally fun and goofy. And, like, there's a lot of stuff, 
you know, if you read the reviews and the wikis and the praises, it's like, yeah, it's more like gritty and serious than the first record. It's like, is it? There's mm-hmm. a couple of tracks. I mean, uh, the one, uh, a really one of it was well, one of the singles. Millie pushed a Millie pulled a pistol on Santa. Great song. Deadly serious. You know, it's about yeah. a, a, a kid being abused by her father. It's like, oh man, horrible stuff. As I'm jetting, Millie floats in like a zombie. I ask her, what's a problem? All she says is, where is he? I give a point, she pulls a pistol, people screaming. She shouts a deal, he's off the hell because he's a demon. None of the kids could understand what was the cause. All they could see was a girl holding a pistol on claws. Mm-hmm. But every other track is like fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's also not like a gritty record. Yeah. Um, and like the uh, the the B side of that, keeping the faith, a fantastic jam. Mm-hmm. It's just an awesome, awesome, awesome song. Uh, uh, the first single was a roller skating jam named Saturdays, which rules. It's just this one song. Okay, <laughs> let me back up. No, uh, back yeah. Up. Not only should you back up. But I am just, I'm so enjoying listening to you further obsessed. This is hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so, is... if, if it's like 1990 and you're at the record store and you pick up, you know, XYZ rap single, if, if you don't like the rapper, if you don't like mm. the MC, it's going to get old after like 45 seconds. Yeah. Because exactly. generally it was. You know, like 1990 rap was like yeah. one beat. You'd have one break beat going, yeah. and like you'd have maybe eight beats, like two two uh, bars of a sample, mm-hmm. and it would be like, "Yo, come on, yeah, yeah, come on, yeah, yeah, come on," and it it would be like that for four minutes. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. if you don't like the stuff coming out of the person's mouth, this is going to get real monotonous. Mm-hmm. Because it would, they would have like, you know, it would be like if you're in whatever your audio uh, editing program is these days, you highlight measures one and two, copy, right. and then you hit <laughs> paste 400 <laughs> copy times. Copy, paste, right. There's and, you your know- song. Right, but and also like if you if you rewind back to contextually the era where you had these guys um, getting uh, getting their footing, uh, if you had somebody that was uh, and 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 there's there's some rap artists where where they've made a career of doing this, it's turn on the beat machine, um, get. Um, the licensing to play someone else's song or not and then say the words yo and all right over that person's song and then call it a remix like not difficult to do um but boom you are now a rap artist you know and that was a whole thing mid to late 90s was like there was a generation of folks and I admittedly, you know, 
I mean, that's a little reductive, but yeah, I hear what you say. It yeah, is a it little was, reductive, but... It was like, take out the vocal track of this mm-hmm. disco song right. and and rap over it. Yeah. I mean, like, Jesus, look at... You know, this is the third time we're, ref- we're referencing Vanilla Ice, but yeah. one of the most, like, blatant... Yo, like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? Yeah. And he, yeah. he'd sit there all smug. He goes, no, no, no. Queen said, ding, 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 da, da, ding, ding. I yeah. go, ding, 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 da, da, ding, ding. So it's different. And it's like, right. oh, my God, right. dude, you suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that really set the standard for um, garbage appropriation, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Multiple um, thoughts on that that we shouldn't go into right now. Yeah. <laughs> but generally... Uh, yeah, you know, you sample some old disco song or a James Brown B or something, and but most of them would have, you know, something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, it's at that again that that uh, pivot point from the '80s to the '90s, where in the '80s it was new and all you needed was a beat. If you have right. a beat, and you know have your have your dj scratch cool right um and uh and in the 90s you needed you know violins and you know uh sting comes out and sings with you at the awards and all this crap Mm -hmm. but in the you know in in 90 you know records like uh i mean god you listen to fear of a black planet public enemy and like the samples are so dense, you know. Oh my god! Got, yeah, it's. I mean, they do real like soundscapes with the the samples, and not just music. The right. vocal samples, you know, they'll get yeah. a clip from a interview and from a t- uh, a news show, and from, you know, they'll get one hey from a James Brown record, and that's it. Yeah. And you know, it's all these little tiny, little tiny bits here and there. The uh, level you know, of layering duct taped together. On- yeah. The Public Enemy albums is absurd in order yeah. to put together those. And <clears throat> this also comes back to something that I know that you and I have talked about, <laughs> I think, since you and I became friends, which is the idea of creating um, sound that added at a certain point with enough tracks, you have created a soundscape that has in itself a central theme and you can paint an audio uh, picture of the world that you're living in, um, yeah. You know, with enough tracks, and it doesn't even have to be. It, it doesn't even have to be like um, an NPR radio drama where you're adding the <sighs> footsteps and the rain outside. It could right. be that you add a clip from Elvis, a clip from James Brown, and a clip from the Coasters over your backbeat to indicate that you're about to make a joke about. Um, racism being present in music in the fifties, you know. Sure. Um, and it and and it puts you, the listener, there briefly because uh, as a listener and as a as a music fan, you've already digested those other pieces of music, and you know enough of how those pieces of music are going to sound that even if you don't know the whole song, when they when they're clipped in in that way in parallel to or under the lyric about and oh by the way you know racism present in you know early rock and roll or something like that you go oh my god yes 
and oh my god and there's the songs and yes i've yeah, thought yeah. about that too you know and yeah. it's the Exhibit level of connection a that's through going on. g right yeah. and the level of connection that's going on in your head is five layers higher than this dude's got it you know this dude's making a diss track uh and there's the drum machine you know it's it's the, yeah. th- that layering and and the amount of brain work that you have to put in uh as a result of that layering is so delicious it's so yeah, yeah, yeah. pleasant to come back to and anyway, it hits sorry. it hits you on different levels you know mm-hmm. and, uh, you know it's like how smell is the sense that takes you to the memory strongest or whatever um right right um except a better said and uh you know, if if you can create a soundscape, a, a sound collage that, you know, uh, layers up all these different things, it's like, there you go. And you're like, oh, yeah, I got it. I'm right there with you. Cool. Thank you. You know, I this is so much easier than a 10-page article. Um, but, yeah, but so, but, yeah, all these, all the layering and stuff, it's not as complex as uh, some of the stuff on on Public Enemy, but it's right up there. Um, mm-hmm. But the cool thing with these, with the samples that they get, is it's so you know it's it's not James Brown break beats. It's some seventies you know, disco song that no one heard of. Right. And then they grab that. And then they, you know, they grab the keyboard from that and the drums from that. And then they go Mm -hmm. over here and they're like, give me this one horn line from this Tower of Power song that not a lot of people know. Boop. Yeah. Okay, now give me uh, three words from Good Times. All right. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And, you know, it's these little surgical slices mm-hmm. um and <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm talking about uh saturdays roller skating jam named saturdays uh has all of these and it has um uh saturday in the park from chicago and uh frankie valley's theme song to the movie grease uh because you know dum, 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 look who just walked in Dun! and you know they put it on a different beat it's like an eighth note off from what it is in greece so it's like it's like oh yeah that would have been better if they played it on that beat cool (laughs) and like they 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 sample but they also elevate it's oh it's just so good Can I, by oh, the way, it's just so inventive. Can I, yeah. well, 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 before we move on, can I just say, um, if you're out there and you don't know who, uh, Tower of Power is and, or you don't know Oof. who the incredible Bongo Band is, go <laughs> listen to them now. Yeah. Because A, you will be like, oh my God, they're amazing. And B, you'll be like, oh my God, that's where, uh, that's where rap artist A, B, and C sampled all of these things from. 
yeah, yeah. It, they, they, the Incredible Bongo Band and Tower of Power are sampled so often. Uh, yeah. 90s, 2000, and, and, and uh, 2010 uh, era uh, rap music. I would, say, I would say more old school, the bongo band. But um, yeah, yeah, like that's, Apache. yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Well, right, yeah, Apache, that's and the then some one. of the other stuff by them. Um, there was also, uh, but yeah, definitely like yeah, anyway, unsung yeah. heroes. Mm-hmm. If well, I mean the people who know sung, but right public at large unsung. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and we talked about them on the uh, mixtape episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I I, I, I did. A I think that was there. one of the I tracks. Forgot about that. Yeah, it was. It absolutely was. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, all of which is to say, Saturdays is an awesome song, and it's a, it's good that they picked it as the first single. Um, the second single is one of my like probably top three favorite songs on the record is uh, ring 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 ha ha hey it's the one that goes uh, it's it's all about uh people trying to give them their mixtapes and like wherever they go people trying to pass them mixtapes here here's my tape here's my tape here's my tape they're demo tapes and uh the choruses it's all about uh it's like don't instead of trying to stop me and hand me your tape uh, he's like, just call two 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 two. Got an answering machine that'll talk to you. It says, Hey, how you doing? Sorry you can't get through. Why don't you leave your name and your number, and I'll get back to you. <laughs> so good, yeah, That's so good. It's a little like in and out song. I think it's only mm-hmm. like two minutes long, but oh man, I love that song. Right. That, that was my outgoing message on my voicemail when the first time that I was like, I had a cell phone <laughs> that you could program your own voicemail on. I was like, right. I'm making this my leave a message. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, those are the three sam- the three singles off the album were uh, Saturdays, Ring, 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 and Millie mm-hmm. Pulled a Pistol on Santa slash Keeping a Faith as the B-side. Um, however, the best friggin tracks as you already said biddy's in the bk lounge mm. oh my god that's like so like my favorite who song is a quick one while he's away yeah especially the live at least version because it's like five or six little songs smashed together biddy's in yeah. the bk lounge is three great songs on one track yeah because it's yeah. uh it starts off uh he walks into uh, Burger King and the lady behind the counter is just like being lazy. Can't you see I'm trying to put this Band-Aid on my finger? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and it's just, and, you know, he, he takes his hat off and his dreadlocks fall down and he's like, yeah, now right. we'll see. And, and she's like, oh, ain't you that guy? Ain't you that girl? De La Soul, right? No, Tracy Chapman. And, uh, <laughs> It's like, do you want to walk over here and write me out an autograph? Ha ha ha! I had to laugh, and and it's all like, yeah, now she, now she's, you know, now she's paying attention now that she knows who I am, and it goes to the chorus. The biddies in the BK lounge, all they do is beg and they scrounge. Heck, yes, <laughs> so good. And it. then it flips to uh, the the two ladies trying to order. And uh, and uh, and 
they are the clerk instead of being Dela. It's they're the clerk, and it's mm-hmm. uh, and it slows down, and it's a whole like it's a whole different beat, a whole different tempo, a whole different vibe, mm-hmm. and it's her saying, uh, you know, aren't you gonna take my order? Can't you see I'm sort of bi- oh wait I already said that one that was the first one but uh <laughs> but she's like she's got a real dog she's got a real job dang don't you know it's like oh yeah now I realize the real real bitty with the fake fake eyes and all this and it's it's him like not wanting it's him being lazy not wanting to serve her and she's like no I make more my shoes cost more than you make in two weeks like I'll just <laughs> it's it's just battling. It's just the guy and the lady battling. And mm-hmm. the first the first third, she's the clerk and he's the customer. The second third, he's the clerk and she's the customer. And then the end, it's just Maceo. Uh, Maceo, what goes on? Maceo, what goes on? I don't know. Maceo, and it's just, it just that. fades out. I remember that fade out. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's so, it's so good. slick. And, I, and I love, it's so, and it's got such a dumb little pun where it's like, uh. Uh, and then it abruptly cuts to the, to the, uh. The guy's listening to the tape. He's like, Right, you can riff back to that little high whiny dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately after like the best song on the album. Ah, this guy sucks. What are they saying? Part of the whole album, man. Oh man, it's so good. (laughs) Um, Uh, another short, goofy one. Uh, actually, uh, it's not short. It's like full length. Is uh, I I like kicked out the house. Yeah. Cause, like, most of the song is like fine. It's uh, they're sort of they're sort of ripping on house music, cause it's like, and. And all that, and like kick out the house. You got to get out the house, hip house. But then, like the whole second half, there's a beep, 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 and the guy's going, put it on vibrate. Right, right. Because the guy's beeper's going off in the club. Put it on, put, put, (laughs) put it on vibrate. Put it on vibrate. (laughs) It's it's just stupid. It's great, but it's like. It's it's kind of like a filler track, but it's like still clever and funny and goofy and silly and great and totally right. in character with the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. You know, none of them stick out. It's like, what is this doing here? None of them feel like filler. They're all right. <laughs> oh man, uh, my brother's a bass head is great, and again, it's like you know a crappy story of you know kids. You know, the dude's brothers, you know, smoking crack all the time, being a, you know, free basin. And, but, uh, but the music for it is so good. And it cuts to, you know, he goes to talk at the church and it has this whole like 30 seconds of 
it slows down and, and they're imitating the preacher and and you get like a whole nother like this could be a whole song right that's the other thing that's wild about day last soul is dead is that there's um there's all it, until you and i were talking about it here i didn't realize as i was thinking about it there are a lot of mini songs that they just yeah. kind of bake into the rest of the album and they get stuck in your head and you go that's kind of funky, but then they, they never go anywhere because they, they just move on to the rest of the album by that point. Yeah. I had forgotten like, about how much fun that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's almost more little germs of a song than there right. are full fledged out songs. Right. You know, right. like for every four minute, you know, for every oodles of O's or uh, Hey Love, there's that little gospel section in my brother's a bass head or there's Maceo's fade out on Biddy's in the BK lounge. You know, there's these little nuggets and it's like, you don't get that a lot. That's, you know, that's something you don't see very often. Uh, I, I, um, a band called flat earth society from like 15 years ago. I think they were Belgian or Dutch or something. Um, they did something like that where they were doing, you know, jazz stuff and then they would do like a 20 or 30 second track where it was Mm -hmm. this here's this thing and you know you can imagine the rest and then they just go on to the next song and they sort of give you here's the blueprint for this song you figure it out from there bye right Right. (laughs) and that's kind (laughs) of the same thing as here it's like you know it's you know 22 tracks or whatever but it's kind of more like 40 (laughs) yeah yeah because there's yeah just like you were saying especially with biddies and then and then with um the the bass head it, there's these little bits that they don't have to finish the rest of the song because you, they do enough of it to get it stuck in your head and you go oh my god that's a really good oh and then okay okay we're yeah <laughs> <laughs> and but oh my god the the best the best is is the uh, the rap the rap show on the, there's three radio station tracks where it's WRMS and all they play is De La Soul there's the one where it's like uh, you're listening to WRMS where we play De La Slow and they you know it's real slow music playing and then there's uh, Cats in Control and she does a little call in thing but the rap the rap show with the doo doo man <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. who's the doodoo man? You the you doodoo, doodoo, doodoo man. man. <laughs> it's so stupid, and it's just. It's I did exactly not remember like, that until you mentioned the doodoo man because that's the one that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's so goofy and silly and funny because <laughs> it's. It's so like every, you know, commercial radio. Hey, we got our our good selling band to do a promo for you here play right. it on the air hi right. i'm insert famous person and you're listening to k 
or Q or X or Z, 98, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. The best top 40, the greatest hits or whatever. Except this is like, yo, this is Colonel Bobby, and you're listening to the Doodle Man. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, 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 yo, yo, this is QQ Tip Tip from Tribe Tribe Calls Quest Quest Quest. quest. <laughs> and the best, of course, and Prince Paul always leaves himself for last. On all of these tracks, if he's mm. on it, he gives himself the last, the closing spot because he's so funny. He's right. like, and I love him because he's, he's like, yeah, this is Prince Paul. And when I'm not brushing my teeth with DD7 or boosting my memory or purchasing real estate tapes, I. <laughs> I'm listening to my stromy, my homie, the doo-doo man on WRMS. I'm out. But I love that. Where he, <laughs> yeah, so. Like, oh, it's such a very 1990 thing. Oh, yeah, DD7, the infomercials for the cleaner thing. And right. then it went away and no one thought about it ever again. Right. When I'm not right. brushing my teeth with DD7 or boosting my memory. Or purchasing real estate tapes, which you would like drive around in your car listening to how to sell real. It's so like, Mm -hmm. it's such a, and you know, they had no way of knowing it. But if you're like, hey, what was 1990, 1991 like? Well, this is the sort of media that we had was infomercials for this. Right. You would buy tapes to get a job as as a realtor. It's very, it's such a weird nugget of the era that they happened upon it's It's also fantastic because what they ended up doing what de la soul ended up doing by having that ability with with the um creating the rich soundscapes is that they ended up serving essentially as this very rich timestamp of the early 1990s you know without yeah maybe without meaning to do so but but definitely yeah uh, I mean, the byproduct no one's was ever that sitting there going this is going to be a time capsule like yeah, no right, one does that right. yeah but you listen through it and if you know what you're looking for you come away from it going oh my god this is beautifully 90s this is every little yeah. bit of of what i enjoyed about the 90s you yeah. know yeah if you were if you were between 8 and 80 in 1990 then you're like yes yes exactly this <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is it this 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 hits all of the buttons for me yeah exactly yeah uh, it it really it's it's a it's a snapshot of, yeah. it's so weird and it's 1990 was such a weird year because it was when you think of 80s excess when you mm-hmm. of 80s fashion you're probably right. thinking of like 1990. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, 1990 well, was, like, the year that the 80s mutated and became mm-hmm. this giant neon, stripy, suspenders, genie pants, uh, backwards clothing monstrosity, yeah. and then you know, grunge hit, and like, oh, no, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> you know, I actually, I mentally always timestamp the glitz of the 90s as being 1994 to 1995 which is when you simultaneously had i think it was like both the spice girls backstreet boys and nsync hit all around the same time right within the, the that same was year like or so. 98 
Okay, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys were 98, but Spice Girls was 94, 95. Um, okay. And I feel like I feel like Spice Girls, that's whenever I think about the the change, right? I always think of it <laughs> yeah. as you know uh, when you know when when the the uh, the the uh, the tides shift, right? I think of it as being yeah. Spice Girls and onwards, because there's this period, and I welcome correction here, but there's this period during 90, 91, 92 that is owned and dominated by the aesthetic, the Nirvana aesthetic, because that was Nevermind, and um, yeah, you know, parallel to that, you also had, um, uh, oh God. Um, I'm just going to mentally hand wave here, but yeah, that, that series of artists that were parallel to Nirvana. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's been the end of Pearl a long Jam and, I apologize. And, yes. Yes. Uh, Nine inch nails and Alice in Chains and all that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. But, and then right after that you had the, Oh quick, put on a flannel shirt and you get, mm-hmm. you know, you're counting crows and Hootie right. and the Blowfish and, yeah. Which and, aren't necessarily uh, bad, but you begin to feel the derivative nature of what's being churned out. And then. And it was a flooded market when it's mm-hmm. 900 bands right. doing the same kind of thing. It's right. like, oh my, okay, I get but it. But I'm, I'm mentally it. always point to the Spice Girls in 94, 95 as the point where the record company I, said, wait, 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 hold on. We need to be controlling this. We need to yeah. not be waiting for the talent to arrive. We need to go back to manufacturing like we did with Joni Loves Chachi. All right. It's like uh, Simon Cowell showed up. Right, right, right. Spice Girls. Get I looked the hell it up there. <laughs> I looked it up. Uh, it was 96. 96. Spice Girls. Okay. All right. All right. 96 is that. when they when they came up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But still. Yeah. 95, 96. That's mm-hmm. and, and yeah. 96 is that pivot point. Right. Another pivot point where it becomes flashy. Um, shiny diamond encrusted, lots of silver, lots of orange. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and but you know what it was, Dan? You was, know what it was? You know what it was? That? It was the original Taco Bell color scheme. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Right? Right? <laughs> I, I'll go with that. Yeah, I'll go with yeah. that. Um, ice, ice gray, but, pink, and blue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, yeah, 96 was one of those pivot points, and 1990 was one of those pivot points. 1990, yeah. 91 was mm-hmm. sort of like the end of the 80s. You know, yeah. like people say Altamont in 1970 was the end of the 60s. Uh, 1991 was the end of the 80s. It took a little bit more time. Right. Um, to, to put away the the giant shoulder pads and stuff, right? Um, but and but yeah, there was like the grunge '90s where there's the early '90s and the late '90s. There was the grunge '90s and the Spice Girls '90s, the Britney yep. Spears, Justin Timberlake '90s. Right, um, right, exactly. And yeah, it's it's like the you know the 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 dances with wolves '90s and the Titanic '90s. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the I'm going to be very, very sincere Hollywood, right? And blockbuster, uh, beautiful blockbuster Hollywood, right? I mean, it's it's always blockbusters, so that's a that's complete, 
Yeah, it just shit. depends on what flavor of blockbuster you're talking about. But there was that <laughs> that you know that sheen of sincerity, which we're we're kind of getting these days now. There's a yeah. lot of like Hollywood sincerity, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of early '90s, like you know. But anyway, it is it is one of those pivot points in lots of things in culture in general. The excess of the '80s was reaching its its apex and was getting ready to crumble pretty hard and pretty quickly. Yeah. Because I mean, once once Nirvana broke and all the grunge stuff came after it, and all of the college radio indies indie music burst through that hole. Yeah. All of that 80s excess. You know, Millie Vanilli looked around and said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe this won't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, REM showed up and said, hey, we'll do it instead, you guys. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the same with rap. You know, there's, you, you know, the 80s, it's Run DMC and the Fat Boys, and you know, you know, guys beatboxing, and then the '90s, it's slick samples that are cherry picked from you know when you're digging in the crates, yeah, uh, and it's finding stuff that is not a famous disco hit. It's not, right. you know, a James Brown song that everybody knows. It's oh. Where'd you get that sample? That's cool. Mm-hmm. Right. And De La Soul did that. Yeah. They're, They're digging for these samples is so... They put work into it. Like, you can tell that they're like record collectors. Yeah. And they're like, ooh, I could... It's like, what's this song? I could use that. I'm going to keep this one aside and use this later. I'm, I'm going to write this one down. This is a good the, one to, to have on... To have in my back pocket. That comes back like, to another... Another thing that I absolutely like, my God, I wanted to be those guys. I wanted to be that group, that 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 type of person, the the record collector, uh, collector aficionado that had these random tracks. I, I just loved, I loved that concept, and I loved what yeah. you could do with it. Um, and I was never. You know, I, I think you've heard me say this before, but, you know, the, the joke that I always make is that, you know, uh, I'm not a big, uh, I don't like listening to lyrics. I just don't like listening <laughs> to, I, I don't like listening I'll to. I'll go with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, like, most lyrics suck. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't want to hear about, I don't want to hear about your problems. I'm really not interested in that, right? I'd like to listen to music. I don't care whether you got dumped. I don't care whether you jilted. I don't care whether you lost your job. Uh, I don't care whether your beat track is better than somebody else's beat track. I want to listen to the beat track, you know? Um, yeah. And, and so, like, um, there's a... I'm not going to be able to say them off the top of my head, but I remember it in general from doing the reading on groups like De La Soul and um, like um, Brand Nubians um, and those groups that came out of the 90s is that there were a uh, bunch of um, MCs that came out of that era that just went on to have these amazing little side niche um, solo or small group careers where they would put out these instrumental albums. Um, mm. uh, the the Jurassic Five, the um, 
every time that they let the two MCs that were part of Jurassic Five do um, mix only mashups um, that didn't have any um, uh, that didn't have any rhyming on it, and it was just yeah. those dudes pulling just the DJs cutting these, yeah yeah just the DJs I'm sorry DJs not MCs again I apologize to the audience it has been a long it's one thirty in the morning you guys. yeah exactly it's been a long freaking week yeah just letting the DJs do their thing and and then the DJ only albums where the DJs uh, flex yeah, yeah. nuts on each other God I love <laughs> those because yeah, they are fun. they are the soundscapes but then they are also they scratch that itch that you're t- that you were talking about um, in regards to like the record collecting thing where yeah it's like it's ooh that, what's that yeah it's their opportunity to shine and to show you that they have x y and z vinyl that was released by a b and c random ass artist who was right. a singer on another album but this album was only released in Japan right and as, you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. as you sit there and you you know and and so i remember when you and i and used to do and this, it's all the more to... impressive when it's 1991 uh-huh. there's no internet that's exactly you, you where couldn't, I was, yep you didn't yeah. you didn't have amazon ebay right google it was you went right. to 30 different you know thrift stores garage right. sales record stores yeah uh or just Estate burgeoning sales. during that period of time, you had, you know, because you're talking about early to mid '90s, you're talking or about your parents' like, records, yeah, right. Or, or you're finding, uh, because this is the Web 1.0 GeoCities era, you're finding these dusty old guys that finally figured out how to get onto their serial dial-up and are typing just volumes of knowledge into these very, very archaic HTML web pages. And yeah, yeah. you're like, you've got, you know, you're, you're jumping back and forth and you're learning all of this stuff. Those pages, man, I'll tell you what, I went to go find, I knew that I would be able to find some apocryphal knowledge on a web 1.0 style site if I did a search, if I did a Google search and I typed in some keywords, man, I got nothing but AstroTurf garbage. Those web mm. 1.0 sites these days are all but buried, and they were. Well, amazing. I mean, like, why wouldn't they be? No, absolutely, absolutely. You know, but it's like it, that's where I did the bulk of my, like, um, in the in the muck of it, learning about yeah. just how layered these DJs got in terms of putting together their sounds soundscapes, and I loved it. It was so yeah. much fun, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, once you got to like the mid '90s and people started having internet, you know, your, you know, uh, prodigy or whatever. Um, God, once you got a message board, yeah. and you could say, "Hey, what's this?" and right. someone says, "It's this." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, complete life changer. Right. Or you had forty people come out of the woodwork and say, "We're pretty sure it's this," and then one person says, "Oh yeah. no, 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 no." I know that it's this, and here's a horribly recorded 32 kilobyte sound clip to prove that it's this. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, if you're lucky, yeah. Yeah, right, right. And because it should be noted, <laughs> because it's the <laughs> soul. Yeah. Uh, not all of the samples were listed 
in the mm-hmm. liner notes, right. which is part right. of why they've largely been unavailable online until yeah. about five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> they finally got through the, the legal stuff yep. uh, with, the, with the label. This is and one of those things that I really the, enjoyed like, reading. thousands of stuff that they sampled. Yeah. They finally were able to get in the the paperwork and the sign-offs and the stamps of approval mm-hmm. and everyone to agree. And so you can finally, you know, I, I don't know if it's on iTunes or streamers or what, but you can finally listen to them without going to, you know, Jim Bob's uh, YouTube right. page or going to the record that... store and buying the record. I don't know. So, so okay. Help me, help me couch this so that I can better understand it. Okay. These dudes release these albums, and then they asked, they begged for forgiveness instead of asking for permission. So they they Basically. got some copyrighted tracks on there, and then they went, "Oops, we goofed," and that's the reason that it's been hard to get access to them. Well, the stuff. Oh, that's so delicious. If it was, <laughs> if it was, some of the samples were like bedrock to the song uh-huh. and in those cases that person was credited as a writer right as okay. a co-writer right right um a lot of other stuff not so much <laughs> if it was oh my God. incidental now or that i know I that used i love clip. Soul even more that is fantastic yeah. because well, god how, how entertaining and rebellious huge, is that god i love that i love that yeah but i mean it it created a huge uh, legal headache for them for, you know, 20 years. For them, yes, it created a huge legal headache. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that also, and, it, that, that scratches a second itch that you and I have talked a lot about, which is the, the um, flowy, organic nature of creating soundscapes versus the horrible legal entanglements that's involved right. in producing and releasing and distributing soundscapes like right. that. And, and how do you chop up the pennies for the royalties? Right, 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 right. That gets hard. Yeah, there was this amazing article. you have a couple article. hundred samples. Yeah, there was this amazing article around the time that the Avalanches achieved their critical success with Since I Left yeah, yeah. You. And Great I can't album. remember. I think it was before Pitchfork even existed. It was whatever, like, default. Maybe it was Rolling Stone. Um, but they there was this article where... The Avalanches talked about the number of people that they tracked down over like a three and a half to four year period to get mm. permission from retired artists and artists where the artist himself had died and they had to get permission from the estate. Um, right. Apparently, one of the first artists that came out of the woodwork and was like, yes, please do this. Um, you know, pennies on the dollar. I don't care how I get the royalties for it was Madonna because they sample Madonna really? twice. Yeah, they sample Madonna twice in Since I Left You. It's like yeah, the third yeah. or the fourth track. Um, but apparently they like they approached her uh, or they, they approached her record label or something like that. And, and they put enough of the music in front of her that she was like, damn, the torpedo's full speed ahead. Go do it. Um, wow, that's cool. Good yeah, for her. Which, yeah, which is really groovy. But um, I mean, she has good taste. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, here's freaking to it. But yeah, yeah, that's um, that's an example <laughs> contrasting against what we've been talking about with De La Soul so far here. That's them doing the work of getting the, the, the invisible meta of getting the permissions before you do 
uh, a soundscape right. album like that. And my God, it was painful for them. And that's the reason that they didn't release another album for another 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Jeez. I think they put the mix together probably in like the mid-90s and then <laughs> started the process of going out and asking when everybody. When can we you know. sell this? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. But yeah. that's really um, funny that De La Soul did it and then released it. And then people came out of the woodwork with like, oh, by the way. <laughs> right. I know that. By the way, pay me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Oh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, but you know, that's to not to undershadow or whatever. It's God, it's just, it's, it's one of my favorite, absolute favorite records. Like it absolutely better not undershadow it. It, 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 if nothing else, it makes them more badass. I mean, that's, that's, (laughs) that's beautiful subterfuge rebellion right there. I mean, if, if that's not what rap is about, what is it? You know, I don't think they were, I mean, is it rebellious to, I'm going to, you know, these, all these artists who didn't make very much money, I'm going to screw them. Like, that's not rebellious, really. That's, I think it was more lazy or, I don't know. I don't, I I don't know. I haven't read enough interviews. I think you could spend a lot of time having an opinion about it. it. Yeah. If, if it was, if they were sampling Madonna and James Brown and Elvis, it could be rebellious. But if it's, you know these deep cuts that few people had right yeah it's hard to it's hard to claim that as sticking it to the man yeah i, I agree I, that's fair that's yeah. a fair, uh, fair point but again i haven't read those interviews so i don't know neither have i it could go either way it's one of those yeah. where i'm like eh, i can see it either way yeah anyway but uh long story long it's available now and uh, <laughs> You should you should buy it and listen to it all day because God, it's such a good record. Absolutely. Um, th- to me, and and their their later records, they kept that, you know, the the sampling denseness, and the laid back lyrics and the the laid back rhythms and the sense of humor and the creativity and all that stuff. They kept it, but I think. De La Soul is Dead was, was their climax because it's just it's such a damn fine record and tell me if tell me if this uh, analogy makes sense to me they feel like the kids in the hall of rap whereas if, if you think of like stand up as the hey look at me look at me over here hey look at me and you know, like SNL is the sort of like uh, flavor of the week. Here's what's hot now. Here's what's hot now. Here's what's hot right. now. De La Soul is like yeah. the the cult troupe that was pretty big, but never like huge. Yeah, I but, would go with that. I, I but would kept the door valid. open for 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 more of the more of that feeling to come past it. Right, them know. Maybe succeeding. I'm just pulling no, it out I would, of my butt. No, I would agree with that in that their success and their presence in that corner of the industry enabled others. And in the rap world, I point to like um, uh, MF Doom and and mm. um, like the Gnarls Barkley, uh, like looking at the fact that they had success doing what they were doing and went, well, 
I mean, they put shit out and they got a lot of folks interested in it because they were real and they had fun being real. I think we can do this too, you know? I mean, Um, I really think of like college radio hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. More coming out of De La Soul than, and, and the, uh, you know, the associated groups like Tricor Quest and, and stuff like that. Also, rather than coming out of like, you know, Run DMC and, uh, yeah. LL Cool J and, you know, Marky Mark. <laughs> there's another, there's another thing that the De La Soul, uh, the, especially De La Soul, uh, is dead captures, which is the feeling that you get. And I think this is definitely a big thing that was occurring when they were, um, when, 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 uh, when they were doing the album in the nineties, you capture that, um, the inner city rap radio station feel where um the 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 rap radio stations would do they'd have a a group of folks on to talk and have fun but then every once in a while they would do these little sketches little skits and stuff like that and you'd Mm. listen in and you'd go that's hilarious what the hell is that in relation to and then it would be (laughs) them like randomly riffing on like a single lyric from another actual rap song. Um, yeah, I heard yeah. this in, uh, they, they had this on, on um, one of the DC stations and then they had this on one of the stations when I was down in North Carolina. Um, but they, it was like, it was this homegrown thing. And that's De La Soul makes me think about that as well. Whenever I hear them, hmm. I, I would agree with you on the, on the, the kids in the hall analogy, but I would also say that it, it definitely feels like something where they're recreating the feeling of homegrown local radio, celebrating them, you know, folks that like their music, celebrating their music um, yeah. by making fun of it, by, by you know, poking gags at it, stuff like that. You know what it also makes me think of when you say that is... What's that? Uh, a kid with a hairbrush putting on a show in the mirror in their bedroom. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Because it's, it's them and their friends with mm-hmm. a fake radio station that only plays their songs. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like, that's kind right. of the, it's it's the Dan Grubb show starring Dan Grubb. Here's Dan yeah. Grubb. Yay. Right, right, right. <laughs> ah! Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's. Yeah, that's about that's all I gotta say about De La Soul is Dead. One of the best albums I've ever heard. I love it. I love this record so much. I've listened to it hundreds of times. It never gets old. Every track is great. <laughs> I don't skip any tracks. There right. are very few records that I don't skip a single track. It's so right, good. Right. And of I, course it ends the album ends with uh the the three guys listening to it and they go and they say, that's it? It's over? Oh, this album sucks. Let's, let's put it back where we found it. In the garbage! <laughs> <laughs> and they, they throw the tape away again. <laughs> and it comes full circle. Right. Back to the garbage can from whence it came. It's so good. Are you going to say the whole line? No. You no. say it. Go ahead. What do you know, know about music hamster penis? <laughs> oh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite uh, one. It's so good. <laughs> body slam him, Jeff. <laughs> On to the next There's record. so many On little the things record. like that. 
On to the next one. On to the next one. On to the next one. I love. On to the next one. <laughs> body, body slam him, Jeff. <laughs> Why did you keep hitting me, man? <laughs> and his uh, dances. <laughs> oh, he caught like, the video. <laughs> I think. I think at the end, they throw it in the garbage, and then they say, "Let's go listen to Hammer." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's so good. It's yeah. just so good. It's so like, man, 1990s fucking dumb. Right, right. It's like, wow, it is 1991 and the world is stupid. Yeah. Oh man, what a great record. Yeah, man. This is this was fun. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> This I this has been um, just a gem. It's been so much fun revisiting this album, Dan. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go off and listen to it now, whether it's on iTunes or YouTube or God knows. Or where, buy or it, or just Give straight up buy it. Buy yeah, it. yeah, it's not gonna kill me. Um, I have so many fond memories of listening to this album with you, uh, driving around and just giggling um, as you would point out new bits that i had missed entirely um it's rich yeah it's just (laughs) packed with gags where if you sit there with with the cd player and you rewind a bit to listen to the other joke that they layered in that's just a sound effect you know like a banana peel slip it's just so good it's so dense but it's so good go listen to de la soul is dead right now it's an amazing album and with that that's the end of the Dan and Aaron like a Rama for uh, this <laughs> very late um, uh, uh, Friday night. Um, Dan, yeah. why don't you uh, uh, play us on out, dude? I can't be a lover. <laughs> <laughs>